0: Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Now, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. You can follow Kami Cammy at Ng or the show at LO underscore Longhorns. This episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com to get your car needs, all those parts you need. If you'd rather not go into a store, best thing to do is rockauto.com. Especially during this pandemic, it would be a great idea. Cammy, it's Wednesday. Are you ready to do some more Time
1: Machine today? I am, and I'm actually excited about these because it's more, or I should say, getting into more of my childhood and things I um, can definitely at least remember compared to um, last episode where it was before I was even born. So, yeah, let's do it. Do
0: you remember 1995?
1: I do. I mean, not that well, but I lived in, oh, oh. wow, I just almost said Oklahoma. Okinawa in Japan. I lived in Japan. Obviously, my dad was a Marine, so we were stationed over there uh, during the mid-90s. So, um, that's kind of like um, a lot of my childhood that I remember, or I guess, first started remembering. So, yeah, I do actually remember that.
0: So, you got to watch the Cowboys win a Super Bowl in okinawa
1: you know it's so cool for every super bowl they were in the early to mid 90s Uh, my dad actually took us out of school because for there it was really early in the morning to watch it so uh, yeah it was really fun and um we were obviously located on um a base there and so some other neighbors around us were always into it and i I remember someone across from us being huge steelers fans so it was really fun
0: oh i'm sure it was great 1995 watching the Steelers fans
1: Whew. Yeah, we were going back and forth. It was really fun.
0: Okay, but 1995, let's talk music. Okay. Now, I know previously you talked like you liked Alanis Morissette.
1: hmm
0: Well, in 1995, Alanis Morissette had a song called Hand in My Pocket.
1: Oh, gosh. That's still probably one of my favorite songs when it comes on.
0: Yeah, there's also I'll Be There for You by the Rembrandts.
1: Okay. I know that song, but I don't know if it's one of my tops.
0: Uh well, I mean, I'm sure you know it if you watch the show Friends.
1: Uh I don't religiously watch it, but I've watched several episodes, yes.
0: I'm not a fan of that show. I'm just gonna go ahead and put that out there.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I I like it. It's nothing about it, but like we've always mentioned, I'm not a big TV girl. So um,
0: I'll yeah, catch an episode true. here or there. Uh have you ever really loved a woman by Brian Adams was another big hit. Uh let's talk. Let's talk T V shows. Okay. Shows that came out in 1995, were popular in 1995, did you ever watch Xena, Warrior Princess?
1: No, I'm not actually sure if I've ever even heard of that.
0: <laughs> the Wayne's Brothers show?
1: Okay, I've heard of that.
0: Uh, how about Jag? No. Okay. Okay, coming from a military family, I thought maybe you might have seen it. Uh, I'm Dexter, sure my brothers
1: might have, but...
0: Might have. Uh, Dexter's Laboratory, Mad TV in 1995.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember Mad TV.
0: A show called Sliders. I don't really remember that, but I, I'm sure you remember this one. Do you remember Goosebumps?
1: Yes, and I actually like to read those books, too. I remember exactly what they look like and everything. When um, I was a kid going to the library trying to find those Goosebumps books, so...
0: And then we have the movies of 1995. Okay. Jumanji.
1: Ooh, that was a good one. Blueless. Okay.
0: Apollo. Probably not 13. one
1: of my tops. Okay.
0: Uh, Tommy Boy.
1: Tommy Boy was good.
0: Braveheart.
1: Okay, that's the top one. Friday. The scary one. No, like I think
0: Friday, was... like Ice Cube, Christopher. Oh,
1: uh, okay, okay, yeah.
0: And then. One of my all-time favorite movies with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer called Heat.
1: Oh, I don't know if I've actually seen it to be honest.
0: It's a it's a heist movie. I think if you if you like those type of things, that was 1995. That was something that I really really enjoyed.
1: Yeah, I would lean Tommy Boy or Jumanji there in terms of what I was interested in, but. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited because I'm actually starting to rec- recognize a lot of these for once.
0: For once, yeah. We're not going back to the 80s, early 90s. Uh-huh. And we won't go that far back again. Hey,
1: at least I was born in the 80s.
0: Yes, you were. Uh let's see here. Let's talk what everybody wants to know about the 1995 Texas Longhorns football team.
1: Okay.
0: That team went 10-2 and 1, undefeated in the Southwest Conference. So solid. Conference champs.
1: Yeah, that's a solid season.
0: They opened the season at Hawaii. How great is that? First game I of the know. year, and you're going on a vacation, essentially. You're going that's to awesome. a lot to Aloha Stadium in Honolulu, Hawaii, and they beat the pants off of, of the uh, Rainbow Warriors. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I would I would definitely enjoy that if I was a player.
0: 38 to 17. That's how they opened up the season. They would return home the following week to play Pittsburgh in a game they won 38-27 before traveling to South Bend, Indiana to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and that was a forgettable game. Texas lost 55 to
1: 27. Ooh. That's not a good loss.
0: But did you know that they played two games that season at the Cotton Bowl? Really? They played at Uh, SMU, which uh was played at the Cotton Bowl. Uh They won 35-10. Then they would return home to play Rice, win that game. Then they would return to the Cotton Bowl for the Red River shootout against Oklahoma. Uh, At that time, Texas was ranked number 18th in the country. They were playing the number 13 Oklahoma Sooners. They would tie the game 24-24, and that's how that game would end.
1: Ugh. That's That's, that's that's cool that they got to play in that stadium twice that year.
0: That is, but it's also a punch in the gut to tie against your rivals.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, They would would play the very next week the number 14 ranked Virginia Cavaliers, a game they won by 1.17 to 16. They would beat number 23 Texas Tech 48 to 7. Go to Houston, win that game, TCU, Baylor, and they would end the season with a 16 to 6 victory at number 16 Texas A&M at Kyle Field.
1: That is a solid season, I'd say. I I'd, I'd be happy if Texas were to have that type of season this season. So, um it's much better than the, a few of the other ones we were discussing.
0: Yes, it was. And then they of course they finished the season In the Sugar Bowl, which so happens to be the last time the Sugar Bowl was played before January the 1st. It was played on December 31st. They lost that game 28-10 to against Virginia Tech. Oh. And it's the only time that those two teams have played.
1: Oh, yeah. We were just actually talking about that a few episodes ago of who they haven't played before.
0: Yes. And head coach John Makovich was in his fourth season with the team. Huh. And they would finish the season ranked 14th mm-hmm. ahead of Texas A&M, who finished 15th, and Texas Tech, who finished 23rd. Oof. Not bad. Not a bad year at all. Not a bad year at all.
1: Yeah, I would take it.
0: <laughs> you take the night. Yeah. Oh, all right, I'll take that 1995 season. Right I'll, take now.
1: A, I'll take a finish like that, I guess you could say. I mean, you'll take a finish like uh, that this year. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah you know. I. three. I, I guess what I'd feel comfortable saying or calling us a successful season this year is one, I'm at least competing in the big 12 championship. And two, I think they need to have a three or fewer losses.
0: I can agree with that. I definitely can agree with that. But coming up next, we're going to get into a big day in recruiting on June 15th, the all big 12 team, according to ESPN and the non-conference schedule. But I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. This is a great way if you, if you don't like going into, a, into a, an automotive store, standing at the counter, talking to them like, oh, I need this. Was well, I go look? And usually they only carry a couple brands, usually their primary brand, maybe a more expensive brand. Uh, this is just a great way. RockAuto.com will allow you to get what you need at a price you can afford with the ever-increasing numbers of different makes whether it's fiat kia jeep dodge ford all the different models it's impossible to stock all the parts you needed at at a traditional store so why do the pointless part of driving around talking to the counterman trying to remember do i have an ex model an lx model an lt model it's super easy All you need to do, get on your computer, go to rockauto.com, and you can find exactly what you need. Their prices are low, and you won't be disappointed. Remember, that's rockauto.com. All right, Cammy. So June 15th is a big day in recruiting, and the reason I bring that up is there are two top prospects who are making their decision of where they're going to commit to on June 15th. Yes,
1: yeah, so that's actually a big day to watch for. And I'm actually excited because didn't, I believe it might have been coffee, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he actually uh tweet something against the Aggies not uh, a couple of days ago even
0: with he the thumbs it. down? He did. He did the thumbs down when somebody said for him to go to the Aggies, he gave the thumbs down.
1: Uh, I know, which, so that kind of that kind of leads me to believe he's, I guess, swaying towards our way. And I don't know; I, I'm not sure what the crystal ball actually says for him right now. I haven't uh, looked at that in a bit, but
0: okay. I don't so know. J- I have a good feeling. J.D. Coffee and Ishmael Ibrahim are guys that I've seen talk to one each other on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They are both.
1: Yeah, they're hyping each other up a lot. So I feel are, like they're going to the same. Same program.
0: And they're both making their decisions on the same day. Mm -hmm. Too many coincidences for me.
1: Yeah, I fully believe they're going to the same program. I just hope it's Texas.
0: Let me just tell you this. Their crystal ball predictions are the same. Oh, what are they? 100% Texas.
1: Yes, I mean, they've kind of been hinting at it if you kind of read through some of their tweets. So I, I mean, coffee for sure, but I would be surprised if, uh, one, I already believe they're going to go to the same program regardless if it's Texas or not, and two, just the way they've been kind of hinting. Um, they're not necessarily going out there and obviously claiming to be a Texas fan or have any affiliation with Texas at all, but if you read through the lines, it kind of gives you the sense that um, they've kind of already made their decision, and I don't know. They seem happy about it
0: yeah and the fact that copy was already you know like nope thumbs down to a and m you know so that's, yeah. that was a big thing. I thought it was interesting, you know like i said if if you look at everything involved i mean the the constant you know going back and forth between them announcements on the same day it just it just seemed like everything was lining up for Texas.
1: Yeah, I agree. That would be huge for them to land a duo, that talented for sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, there are 2021 recruits?
0: 2021 recruits, yes. Yeah, we definitely need that. J.D. JD Mm -hmm. is a four-star safety out of Kennendale, you know. So he's he's definitely a guy who I think um, can really help out the team.
1: Yeah, those two actually, if they do land that duo, that'll bump them up in the um, national recruiting rankings for the 2021 class for sure, because they just don't have enough signed at this uh, point, but they have a um, at least very talented, I believe mostly all four-star um, commits in the 2021 class though, so it's looking pretty strong so far.
0: Yeah, if you look at, and then obviously Ishmael Ibrahim is a cornerback out of Dallas Kimbrell, so they're both Dallas products. He's a four-star, ranked the 13th cornerback in the country, 28th in Texas, according to the composite rankings. Uh, all the crystal ball, I know Mike Roach and Nick Harris are names that that we've mentioned time and time again on here, and they both have uh, them committed to Texas with a nine in, uh, I guess, their probability or their confidence. They have a nine, so that should lead you to believe that they're going to choose Texas, which is surprising considering the offers they've received and, you know, the top schools of Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, TCU, all vying for these guys, but it seems like they are going Texas, so that's a huge, that would be a huge win for Tom Herman and this, and this team.
1: I agree, and we're definitely going to be watching very closely that day, just kind of like how we were for Alfred Collins when he had that uh, dramatic announcement, so it'll be a fun day.
0: It definitely will be a fun day. Now, ESPN has come out with an all-Big 12 professional football team. And, yes, Texas Longhorns were on the list, but they were not on the list for offense.
1: Yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's kind of – who would you put in the NFL right now, I guess, from Texas on offense on an all-Big 12 team? There's not anyone that's just like – um, that comes immediately to the top of my head. There could be maybe some depth pieces and things like that, but I really can't think. Obviously, Colt McCoy, but I mean, um, you're not going to do that when you have Patrick Mahomes in the league, so um, right. I'm not too Connor, surprised.
0: Connor Williams, maybe
1: true, but I don't you think he's also- really played enough to solidify his professional career yet. Well, so I mean, I- Patrick Mahomes
0: only played two seasons,
1: yeah, but look what he did, and Connor got hurt and things like that, but yes, um. I don't know. I just think maybe if that was a couple years down the road, Connor should probably make it.
0: And I'm not saying that Connor should be on there. I'm just trying yeah. to think of names that you could put up there.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Well, you know, and I, I thought why not Devin Duvernay a wide receiver because they had. Uh, if you look on the defensive side of the ball, they had a oh they did on that. have
1: they did have CD Lamb actually. So you're right.
0: Well, and they also had on the defensive side of the ball Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma on the team, and he hasn't taken uh-huh. a snap in the NFL. Uh, but on the defensive side of the ball, both the safeties were Texas products.
1: Yeah, I think um, – I'm not looking at the list right now. It was Earl Thomas and was it – who else was on there? I Kenny, know um, Derek Derek was on there.
0: Uh, Kenny Vaccaro.
1: Yes, that's who it was.
0: And then at linebacker, Jordan Hicks.
1: Oh. Why did I think – I thought it was uh...
0: – Derek's not in the league anymore.
1: I could have sworn I saw him on that list. Maybe I'm maybe I'm seeing things.
0: Amy, put your glasses back on.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I actually don't even need glasses. There's a blue light glasses. Okay. But yeah, you're right. It was um Jordan Hicks.
0: It was Jordan Hicks. All right.
1: I think I'm still stuck on Derek because we were talking about the all-century team and things like that, but um, yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to to create a list like this because you're kind of comparing both collegiate careers and professional careers at once. But then at the same time, they also put a couple of newcomers into the NFL on that list. So I'm not really sure how they came up with that.
0: Uh, I'm not too sure either. Uh, maybe it's the lack of offensive players. On yeah, the of the ball. I, mean, I I really don't know how yeah. you how you justify yeah. that. Uh, Non-conference schedules, Uh, they recently came out with a ranking on the non-conference schedules. Texas is in the top 15 with their non-conference schedule, and honestly, it all comes off one game.
1: Yeah, it does, and... I think it's interesting just because um, I know in the past people are saying Texas doesn't play anyone, things like that. Um, Actually, the Aggies tell Texas fans that every year. But um, Texas has definitely made it a priority to strengthen their non-conference schedule. We've talked about um, them scheduling Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State over the next few years. We'll play one of those three uh, beginning in 2022. But it's not just LSU, but I mean, I guess it's because I thought we would be ranked a little bit higher but what I thought was interesting was we were actually ranked higher than um, Alabama, Michigan, um, I think Georgia as well. So yeah, Georgia as well. So um, it's just I think it's mostly because we're going to LSU and they're they are the defending national champions. That's obviously going to be a hard game. But uh, South Florida is not that bad either. I don't really count uh, Texas El Paso, but I don't think USF USF is that bad either. So I think. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I would probably put us in the top 10.
0: Hey, South Florida is. Eh.
1: I mean, it could be worse. It could
0: but... be. It definitely could be. But, you know, it is what it is, right? But, you know, you like, but you brought up that good point, though, of talking about playing, you know, teams like Alabama in the future, Arkansas. Michigan, Ohio State, they put a premium on putting in teams that have either been in playoff contention over the years or big-time programs so that they can strengthen their team. But I also think it helps with recruiting, you know, because they're not afraid to play the big boys. They're not afraid to get on national television, obviously, and play. Because we all know when it comes to Texas versus Alabama, Texas versus Michigan, Texas versus Ohio State, that's probably going to be the game of the week.
1: Oh, for sure. I think it's going to help with uh, recruiting a lot. And definitely also as well in the AP polls and things like that when you're getting near the end of the season. Um, like we mentioned, we were ranked at number 11, the Texas Longhorns were, in Oklahoma's at number 19. Um, so, yeah, we beat out Ohio State, Oklahoma, Washington, Penn State, uh, Virginia, Arkansas, a lot of uh, Georgia, like I already mentioned, a lot of big-name schools. So um, our non-conference schedule at least isn't weak at this point like it used to be.
0: Yeah, and then that's the positive part about it, right? And especially with the playoff and and how they, I mean, whether you like it or not, they're going to style point some stuff, you know. So you got to mm-hmm. beat teams that you're supposed to beat, and you got to beat them handedly. Um, and then obviously playing some higher level competition is going to help. Playing Oklahoma every year, who's been in the playoff, helps you. Uh, but adding in an LSU and, and Ohio State, all those are definitely going to help you out. But coming up next, we're going to. Jump back into the time machine. We're going to go back to 2005, one of Kami's favorite seasons. I know it was (laughs) for a lot of people. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bill Bar. Bill Bar is changing the game in energy bars. They have made it a healthy candy bar, essentially. It tastes great. There's no gritty flavor to it, no gritty taste, no chalky aftertaste. You don't have to wash it down with a gallon or two of water just to get that taste out of your mouth. I love the flavors, the mint brownie. The caramel, I love them. Uh, you definitely got to check out the peanut butter brownie. Uh, they got a new flavor, of coconut. You got to try out the coconut. Go to buildbar.com, promo code lockdown. They're giving you ten dollars off your first box. You can get a box that's already put together, or you can choose your own favorite flavors. Like I said, try the mint brownie. I think it's great. I've been using my post workout, and you know, it's helping me cut back the cravings. I'm not. I'm getting rid of some of that. I guess you could call it Pandemic 15. I mean, is that, is that similar to the freshman 15, uh, Cammie?
1: I mean, kind of, yeah. You're sitting around and you're kind of in a new schedule that you're not used to. So um, your body's kind of in shock and you might unexpectedly gain a couple pounds. So pretty similar.
0: It, yeah, it is. It's helping combat that. I, I think it's great. Tastes great. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on. You're going to get $10 off your first box and let me know what flavors you try out now we're gonna take a journey back in time 2005 was a great year for the university of texas but before we get into that we want to talk about a little bit of what was going on in 2005
1: yeah what um so do you remember any movies in 2005 if you were to give me a random year i don't think because obviously i'm not a tv or movie buff but i don't think i could pinpoint one movie and be like yes that's from 2005 nope Yeah, me neither. Okay, but uh, see if any of these sound familiar. Coach Carter was one of the most popular movies. I agree, great movie. Um, B for Vendetta was one of the most popular, apparently.
0: You know, what's funny is I was talking about that movie the other day. Really? Yeah, I can't can't remember if I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Just the mask, the mask is why I was I was thinking of that movie. Gotcha. All right, what other movies was that?
1: Um, that was one of the most popular. So, Brokeback Mountain is on here. Um, we'll just skip right along. Narnia is one of them, that okay. was very popular at the time. Um, and Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt and Angelina. Ah, uh, I like so that. So, there's some decent movies in here.
0: How about some popular TV shows? 2005.
1: <clears throat> Let's see if I know any of these.
0: The Office.
1: Okay, everyone knows that.
0: Prison Break?
1: Um, no.
0: How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Uh, a little show called Bones?
1: Um, nope. Not too familiar.
0: How about this one? Hell's Kitchen with Gordon okay. Ramsay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you know that one. Yeah. I know you know that one. You know it I always... And I, this is totally off subject. But do you think Gordon Ramsay's wife ever cooks dinner, and like he just like?
1: <laughs> I mean, that's tricky because obviously he's a chef and probably makes amazing food. I've never had it, but you kind of at your home life want to do the opposite of what you do all the time, you know. So I hope probably either I <laughs> hope that either have a personal chef that he enjoys, or she finds one that he enjoys, or she cooks for him. I don't know, but hopefully he does get a break like that.
0: Hopefully, all right. Let's real quick before we get into the football season. Let's talk about some music of 2005. Do you remember this great song, Photograph by Nickelback?
1: Oh, yes. Very popular.
0: Uh, very popular. Most people hate Nickelback, but it's just funny. Um, we Belong Together, Mariah Carey.
1: Okay, one of my favorite songs.
0: Obsession by Frankie J. Okay. You and Me by Lifehouse.
1: Big one. That's probably the most popular.
0: Uh, Bad Day from Daniel Poucher.
1: Okay you had beverly, a bad
0: day remember that yep. song yeah i remember okay. that song. beverly hills by weezer
1: don't know if that sounds familiar to me off the top of my head
0: okay your assignment when you get done with this podcast is go on your spotify apple music whatever you use and go listen to beverly hills okay how about this is my personal favorite sugar we're going down swinging by fallout boy
1: yes i used to jam that when i was in high school
0: yeah um also m&m's when i'm gone
1: mm-hmm, i was a big Emin- m&m fan we have the same just, birthday by the way
0: just a little bit by 50 cent oh
1: god Yep. uh
0: i know you know this one incomplete by backstreet boys
1: oh yeah gosh 2005 had some great music
0: how about the whisper song by the yin yang twins
1: that was popular as well.
0: Yeah, so there was a lot of them there. A lot of, mm-hmm. Those were a lot of the music out in 2005. But do you remember the Texas Longhorns football team from 2005?
1: Who does not? You're not a Texas fan unless you're aware of this season, um, well, Vince who, Young, National Championship, all that stuff.
0: Let me just run down some of the names on the roster before we get into – the actual team itself. Okay. Your quarterback was Vince Young.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, other players on it. Selvin Young, running back. Jamal Charles. Solid. Henry Melton. This was Henry Melton before he moved to defensive tackle.
1: Mm-hmm. This is
0: when he was a running back. Chris Obinaya. Mm-hmm. Uh let's see. Uh then you had the wide receivers. Lima Sweet. Mm-hmm. Quan Cosby.
1: Quan Cosby, yep.
0: David Thomas was your tight end?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was just some of the offensive guys. How about Justin Blaylock? Do you remember him?
1: I do. Uh,
0: Jonathan Scott was also on this team. I am uh, Tim Crowder,
1: mm-hmm. Frank
0: Ocam, Brian Robinson, Roderick Wright. That's not so, even
1: solid roster.
0: Brian Arakpo.
1: You would think they would actually do something with that roster, right? <laughs> like
0: win a national championship?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, Cedric Griffin, Michael Griffin, Michael Huff, and Terrell Brown were all roaming the secondary on this team. Not to mention Yeah, that offense.
1: secondary was solid.
0: That This team was stacked. There's no reason why they shouldn't have won the national championship because – like you said, that team loaded Mhm well what about the games that year?
1: There were a few big ones what was the uh what was the game I can't think of it off the top of my head right before the national championship
0: uh, who, was, it, who about, was the opponent the big twelve championship
1: it might have been right before that, that was be what 2000? was one of the what was one of the close games that year? I'm thinking of. I thought it was towards the end of the year, but I don't have a schedule.
0: The second game of the year, they played Ohio State, who was ranked number four at the time, uh-huh. beat them 25 to 22. Sheesh. I'm just going to let you know that that was the only team that year that got within five points of them before the national championship. Wow. Uh, there Domin- was the- Dominant. That, yeah, it was very, very dominant. I mean, we're talking about open the season 60 to 3 against Louisiana. You play Rice 51 to 10, Missouri 51 to 20, Oklahoma 45 to 12. They played they play Colorado. Play Colorado and beat them 42 17. Then they would play Texas Tech and they would win 52 17. Oklahoma State 47 to 28, 62 mm-hmm. to nothing against Baylor, 66 to 14th against Kansas, 40 to 29 against A&M. Oh, and then there was the Big 12 championship. And it really wasn't even a contest. Texas would win that game 70 to
1: 3. Okay, I might I might be thinking about um the following year for a game. But yeah, it sounds like Texas was like overly dominant that year. I mean they were
0: ranked number two all the way. Mm-hmm. Until the national championship, they were the yeah. second-ranked team all the way,
1: and that game uh, was just crazy.
0: That game was crazy. I mean, the hype surrounding. I loved uh, when how they close. Did the, it was uh,
1: all of that.
0: Yeah, just how close it was. But even you know, outside of that, when they did the re-air several weeks ago, and they were showing like some of the promos, and it was like you had Will Farrell and and Matthew McConaughey, and then obviously you know Lance Armstrong is on the sideline. Uh with with McConaughey. You know, it's just all these big stars that are there to watch the game and then and then it just turned out to be one of the best games, you know, one of the best college football games ever.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I don't I don't even if someone asked me my favorite part or why I thought it was such a like one of the greatest games ever, I don't know um what I would lean towards more, whether it was the hype surrounding it. Um obviously their rankings are really high as well. Um mm-hmm you want to kind of dethrone someone who's won a couple of consecutive national championships like that. Um, I think even though Texas was ranked so high and was so dominant all season, they were still viewed as the underdog. So I don't know. It was awesome. Obviously any fourth down, um, I guess play that late in the game has you on the edge of your seat regardless. But on that stage, it's just another level.
0: But even the defensive stop that they had to have before that to even give them a chance.
1: Oh, Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, you know,
0: it, and it just shows you that it's that just shows you how good that USC was. Right. Because as stacked as that team was on the defensive side of the ball, they still gave up 38 points.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of different plays in that game or especially late in that game that you could be like, oh, this was a defining moment. This was a defining moment. There's a penalty here. I don't know, when I was re-watching it, there were several big moments that I guess were just as important as that fourth down scramble from Vince Young. So, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different scenarios that you could argue for in terms of why this was the greatest game ever.
0: Absolutely was. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorn Podcast. Make sure you tune into to uh, Chad Ford's big board show. For Tammy, I'm Patrick. We will see you on Friday.
1: Hope them.